This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, and as usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and joining us in studios this morning, and uh, we welcome him once, once again back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Good morning, Naz, and good morning, Butch. Good morning, Wally. Good morning, Wally. Well, I was got, surprised that Butch, uh, we left him speechless just, just before we came just on the so, air. Uh, we, we, we can't get anything out of Butch because we just, we just, uh, we just, uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, why we're, why we're laughing a little bit here, uh, we just uh, explained to Butch that we wanted his comments on the Nazem Kadri and Morgan Riley uh, signings of, uh, of a week past. And uh, Butch, uh, you, you start to uh, broke out in a, in a little bit of laughter and say, when did that happen? So... Uh, at some point in the show, we may ask you your opinion Why on those Why not now? Signings. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, I uh, just want to tell our listeners, uh, we do have, uh, we do have an interesting guest at the middle of the hour. We'll be talking to Tom McCarthy, Tom McCarthy, former Minnesota North Start, a fascinating story of, uh, of, uh, redemption. Uh, Tom McCarthy, of course, was a, was a huge hockey star in the Toronto area, younger days, and, uh, spent some time. In, in a federal prison in the United States uh, and has rehabilitated his life and, and, and has become an incredibly productive and uh, treasured member of uh, some local communities up in northern Ontario, coaching young kids. So we'll be talking to Tom McCarthy in the middle of the hour. And Butch, let's, uh, let's, let's follow up on that one. Yeah, the, the, the Maple Leafs signed Nazem and Morgan, uh, Morgan Ryan. Me, Naz, me... Tom, Phil, Phil Butch in on the details of those they signings, They signed Naz. six-year contracts. Kadri for four and a half million a year, and Riley for five. What do you think of that, Butch? Please tell me there's a no. There's not any no trade clauses in the contract. There's no no trade clause. Okay, so then they tied up the asset, which um, is for four million and five million dollars. It's not bad. Uh, it still gives them flexibility as long as there's no trade in it. Um, and I think it speaks volumes for the young guys who are coming up. They know that if they buy into the system, that the organization is not going to turn their back on them. But that being said, I had to pick myself up off the ground when I heard Well, Morgan that. Riley, I think you're okay with, but I don't think you're okay with Kadri. But... That's the one I had to pick myself off the ground. With. <laughs> but let's, you know what, Butch? You know, we we've uh, you've you've had your uh, strong opinions about Nazem Kadri in the past, and in, including with respect to your perception of some uh, personal behavior. Uh, to be quite frank, um, I, I think this signing with Nazem Kadri, and we we actually we interviewed Nazem uh, earlier on in the year. Is it? Uh, I think I think Mike Babcock's. 
fingerprints are all over that signing. He spent a year with uh, with Babcock and uh, seems to have progressed as a responsible hockey player, uh, perhaps also as a responsible human being off the ice. Um, and and it just goes to the point about sometimes uh, young athletes uh, need some time to mature. Sometimes that does happen. Okay, Butch, you're looking at me with uh, googly eyes. There, you want to uh, you uh, you throw your uh, two cents worth in there. Well, I mean, my perception of what they've done professionally is that they're protecting the asset so that they can move the asset. So you know, you, why give him away for free? Um, or put yourself in a bind where you give him a one-year deal and he plays lights out as they move forward. Four and a half million dollars is peanuts, especially if their cap's going to reach the eighty-five or ninety million dollar range. So um, he d- he will have value. I just think that you know, look, I'm a, a huge advocate of even if you don't like them, you got to give the perception that you do because you can't kill your own assets. This whole immaturity thing of coaches and professional sports that they go in the coach's room and kill their guys and they can't do anything to improve the player, Uh, all it does is in a hard cap scenario, it really puts you at a huge disadvantage when the GM goes to make a deal because what the assistant coaches and scouts are saying gets out to the other scouts and other assistant coaches and you you, uh, deeply depreciate. Uh, an asset that you need to get value for. So, you know, what is Kadrick? Is he a third line, fourth line center? He's definitely not a third or fourth. He's a second. But you, you guys but, on but, what team? On what team would you? No, t- but, you but, actually watch putting, this year at putting all aside, yeah. he, he is a very talented hockey player. Okay, he, he's got offensive skill. That's for sure. Okay. Maybe his attitude is not the greatest. And that's probably why you're going that route. But he is a talented player. He, did, he can't play third line or second or fourth line center. He can only play second. So what they did was they made a decision to move Tyler Bozak because he would have been the second center next. And he's 31 years old. And in this day and age, 31-year-olds are on the bad end the of the career. And he's been injured. And he's been injured. So yeah. they decided because of age. I agree with you. They signed him to protect their asset for yeah. sure. But uh, Kadri is a talented Player and, was, and they could get a first rounder for him in a trade. Well, and that's what I said. If the the signing him long term only gives him more value to them as far as being able to trade, you know, they may draft a second center, right, yeah. with the second unit. So well, you know, it, now it, you or you could flip to someone later in the first or second round yeah. to get to get the assets you want. Anyways, we we got a little bit sidetracked yeah. there, Butch. Uh, <laughs> we we certainly uh, we certainly didn't bring you in to talk about uh, <laughs> Nazem Kadri and Morgan Riley. I think uh, all the listeners know why we brought you in this morning. We're talking about uh, the Blue Jays, aren't we? No, we're, yeah, we're talking about the Blue Jays. <laughs> I was uh, at the game. Great game. There's yesterday. a there's a certain Toronto team that was down in Indiana yesterday that didn't uh, didn't impress anybody yesterday, and that's what we want to talk about. And uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, just before we go to break, I just want to announce our Pizzaville contest. Uh, it's been a big, uh, a big seller here on the Nazawali Sports Hour. Give us a call. The second caller wins a $25 gift certificate from Pizzaville. Our numbers, really quickly, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Second caller 
$25 gift certificate. We'll be right back with Butch Carter, and we'll be talking about the Toronto Raptors. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. From face-offs to playoffs. Field goals to own goals. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. We have Butch in tears here. <laughs> Good morning and welcome back. Excuse me. <clears throat> Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from the Rudy Village in downtown Toronto. And unfortunately, we're, uh, we're having a bit of a humorous moment in studio this morning because Butch still cannot believe that the Leafs signed Nazem Kandri. But Butch... We've got we've got we've got to move on. Okay. Anyways, I just want to announce the winner of our Pizzaville contest, Cecil Ray from Woodbridge, Ontario. Thank you so much for. 
calling in will get that $25 gift certificate certificate out to you as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Butch, uh, uh, topic that's dear to your uh, dear to you, and uh, we're in the thick of the series now. The Toronto Raptors talk about uh, roller coaster series so far. Raptors, to be quite frank, uh, sucked in game one and four and uh, weren't so bad in games two and three. Give us your analysis. Well, the way the team is set up, let's talk about just their schedule. Um, Toronto being the smart, smallest TV market in the NBA because the U.S. customers for sponsors can't count the Canadian audience. All right. So they always get the early game. They're going to get the early game. You know, we recognized this back in 1998. If we made the playoffs, that we would not be able to be play the late game. We played a lot of national televised games, but they were always one o'clock or three o'clock games, uh, especially in uh, in VC second year. So we went to a one o'clock Sunday game during the season to mentally train our guys that we're going to play this early game, and we were very successful at that. I think right now the Raptors are some crazy number, 0-14 or 1-14 on games played before 4 o'clock in the playoffs. So they systemically have created a problem and ignored just how things naturally go. So for the Raptors to ever get to the finals and play evening games, they have to get through the first and second round playing the early games. But I, I gotta I gotta interject at this point, Butch, and just say, okay, they're playing early games. It's out of they're out of their natural rhythm. It's it's you know they're getting they're not big in American TV ratings, so the American TV mogos could care less about a, a Canadian basketball team. But and they play at twelve thirty and one thirty. But it's the same for both teams, isn't it? What's the difference? The, the difference is that um, I believe the organization has been lazy. They have. They're owned by two media companies. The media companies, the people that work for them, their job is to promote the team. And they have ignored for a 10-year window the fact that they have always played poorly against winning teams. If This has always been there. They have historically played poorly against the good Miami team, the good Pacers team, the good Chicago teams. They have been extremely unsuccessful. So if you extract it, And it goes back to what the real math is of basketball. Half the games are lost. So what do you do? What is your record against the winning teams? Because that's who you're going to have to play through to get to the finals, the conference finals. So they have been able to, because the media companies own them, the media guys are conflicted and have to protect their job. They never tell the truth. You know, yesterday's game, one of the color guys is saying, well, we want this Turner guy shooting jump shots. Like, are you crazy? He has done nothing but make all of his jump shots. All right? And then later he switches to something else. So they, the, media, the media companies don't have anyone that technically can tell the audience what is wrong in the game. And the, this, is, this has happened twice now. History is repeating itself. They went through the same issue when Chris Bosh was here. The East was horrible, right? You won 56 games, but do you really count Philadelphia and Brooklyn and Orlando at the state that they've been in the last three or four years? All right, those wins. So if you want to be a Eastern Conference final team, one of the two, then you have to evaluate yourself during the year and during the summer against the winning teams. And as I said, the stat that we created in 98, you win the first quarter, you win the third, 
it, at that time it was like 74% of the games. So I just did a presentation to hopeful NBA coaches. The NBA brought me in to do the, the presentation. I've done it twice now. In, in today's age, if you win the first and third quarter in the playoffs, you win 88% of the games. All right? They have been, as players, they've been unprofessional in their presentation to the games. They have lost first quarters. They have lost third quarters. And then Casey has to overplay them in the fourth quarter, which means they're not available to practice the next day because they have extended themselves and everyone else is going to be talking about their recovery. The issue at the end of the day is that they have done an outstanding job over a four-year window of progressively getting better. But they've never addressed the fact that they have not gotten better against the winning franchises and playing head-to-head with them. Speaking of jump, missing jump shots, they look like they missed 95% of them yesterday. What happened? Well, it's, it's the same. This problem has always been there. When they play good teams, they have a whole team that can't play with their left hand. All right? DeMar cannot go left. Valashunas cannot go left. Carroll cannot go left. Ross cannot go left. So analytically, all right, they've allowed this to build up because they have not developed the players based on a true analytical model of a, of a championship team, all right? And they've, and they've fallen into this same thing that they fell into with Bosch. Oh, we, you know, we won the Atlantic and, you know, we won this many games. In reality, what you have to do is that you have to always benchmark yourself against, like, what are the greatest teams in the East the last 10 years? What do they do analytically? And when, and when that happens, you say, well, LeBron James makes more left-handed shots in the game sometimes than right-handed. Dwayne Wade makes left-handed shots in the game. Jimmy Butler makes left-handed shots in the game. So you basically have a team outside of Kyle, all right, that can't do anything with their left hand, and they've got one center that's a great athlete, can't make free throws. Yesterday there was a chance at half court where uh, Biombo got fouled. Yeah, potential, potential five-point possession yeah. he makes the free throws you hit a three yeah. right and then indiana comes down they don't he doesn't make the free throws they don't get a buck out of it Indiana comes down scores two it's a seven point swing yeah all right let, let, let me ask you coach uh coach uh, coach talking to butch carter um cut to the chase here um and you know, I, 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 you know, we've talked <coughs> analytics and basketball and on this show with you a lot of times. And quite frankly, I, I'm I'm really astounded at your knowledge and how you break this stuff down. I mean, I remember last year you came in on a Friday, on, on a February Sunday, and everybody, the Raptors were sweeping the league. Everybody's talking up the Raptors. And you walked in with this thing and said, "These numbers don't lie. The Raptors are not. It's not going to be a good end to this season." And you were you were way ahead of the curve back in February when nobody was talking about that in Toronto. So I, I have a huge respect for your basketball knowledge and your, and your analytics, although I'm not a huge analytics guy. Uh, I understand it in basketball when they bring it to hockey, but Lowry, DeRozan, they're getting a lot of criticism in this series. And, and I look back at all the, some of the great playoff performers in NBA history, and there were guys like Jerry West and Bill Russell and Kareem Jabbar. And, Matt, and I'm not suggesting Kyle Lowry and, and DeRozan are anywhere near that level. That's not the point of where I'm going with this. But at the end of the day, analytics are fantastic. But your go-to guys got to take their game 
to a certain level. Otherwise, you can't win in the playoffs. Well, you, you can't win in the playoffs be, because winning has to be so personal amongst your best players because it's not about money. It's just that your guys, in the Raptors' case, for the Pacers, it's, it's Paul George, right? But for the Raptors' case, it's, it's Lowry and DeRozan. They have to hate the other team so much that they won't let their team lose. Um, right now, they are. Are you seeing that at all? I haven't. The, the issue is, I I say that they needed help earlier. I mean, is it DeRozan's fault that no one has told him we're going to play with your left hand all summer until you can go left and make left-handed layups? All right. So I think that he is what he is. But someone should have had the maturity to get in the, in the gym with him and say, here, this is what you're not. And to beat Paul George, because I don't believe DeRozan all year had a Paul George and a Jimmy Butler and a Dwayne Wade poster on his wall that, hey, they, see these three guys? They got a shoe and they're going to put it in your behind when they see you. Because that is what has consistently happened to him. And that's the problem with the issue is that the two media companies that own the team Everyone that works for him, it's always a promotion. All right? So now you've got all these Raptor fans, all right, that are seeing the ugly truth of what's really going on is while you were while you were doing really good things, you need to be building the chance to do great things. And so analytics for basketball is real simple. You're right-handed. Can you dribble with your left hand and make a layup? But, but isn't that the responsibility of the coach to teach these guys how to play with their left hand? Well, they've got 10 coaches, so I'm trying to figure I, out. I'm not blaming him, the head coach, but it is the coaching. Well, it's the issue at the end of the day is that the staff, all right, and whoever's being in charge of the development, and I don't think Casey is in charge of development, all right? Where, what did Dwayne Casey has done as a coach, all right, I have huge admiration for him. Yeah, you said that in the past. That's yeah. why I asked the question. He, is, he was blackballed out of basketball, all right? And he went to Japan. He went everywhere, and he started over from the bottom. All right? And he earned his way to where he's at. And the team winning 56 games is a reflection of the good things and the good person that Dwayne Casey is. But the fact that, in reality, all right, when you are the best player on your team in a playoff run, you are only going to get met with the all-star player from the other team. Paul George does, he goes left, he goes right. Yeah, he's very good. Right? And the issue is DeMar Rosen still has to look down at the basketball when he dribbles with his left hand. I've got to ask you, Butch. Um, you know, we we're, 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 we're seem to be coming down hard on the Toronto Raptors. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're, the series is tied 2-2. The series is not over. Uh, are, we, uh, are we getting ahead of ourselves here? In the sense that, you know, Indiana is not a bad basketball team. I mean, they finished, if I'm not mistaken, third in the league in defense, and defense wins games. So they're they're a tough team to play against, and but, and we're not we're not behind in the series. The series is not lost yet. Are, are, like we're going through this emotional roller coaster. I mean, after the first game, everybody was all over the all over the Raptors. Then you know we win game two and three. All we you know we're you know, it's the media in Toronto. Oh, we got them exactly where we want them. And then game four happens. But that's what happens in a playoff series. It's not unusual for, you know, 
series to go back and forth. Are, 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 are we being a, a little bit presumptuous here or, or jumping the gun a little bit on the Raptors? Um, we are being presumptuous from the standpoint of the series is tied 2-2, two to two, all right? But the issue is that this Achilles heel issue of them ignoring what they don't do well and not correcting it in the summer is systemic. It has gone on for a 10-year window. And if you look at while Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, uh, Jimmy Butler have been in the East, it has been a huge problem for them, and they have not addressed it. And now you've got another all-star wing player. Um, the Pacers have historically been, the last 10 years, very good on defensive field goal percentage. Vogel has done an outstanding job of that. He also does an outstanding job coming out of timeouts and getting his team baskets and good shots. So when you calculate a team like the Raptors who want to, who historically played a high-scoring game, they get in the playoffs, and now they're playing a 90-point game where the possessions are more important. So now you have this shrinkage of the efficiency of your good players. But you know what I noticed? In the regular season, they were able to drive the basket and draw fouls. They haven't done that in the playoffs because their only inside guy has been Valanciunas. <laughs> Why does that happen all of a sudden? Because the officials just suck and swallow the whistle. (laughs) I mean, I'm watching Dallas and Oklahoma City last night in the first three quarters. It was a brawl, you know, and, you know, that's just the way it is. So, uh, you know, Oklahoma City is an extremely high-energy team, and and, uh, I don't think there's a better coach than Rick Carlisle uh, in professional basketball, but he doesn't have much to work with. but it was a physical complaint brawl. So I, th- I think that's consistent. And, again, if you know that, all right, then you have to try to find a different way to prepare your team so that they're successful against officials not calling, blowing the whistle. So what you're saying is if we go to a Saturday game, we're done. The Raptors are done. If, you go, if, if they're 1-14 in 14 on Saturdays <laughs> or 1-15, in 15, what you said, they, they've got to end this this week. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the math says. And the math won't change, all right, unless, you know, you're – I don't believe it's just the players. I think the whole organization has to take a step back and say, look, we're not performing against winning teams, all right? We're selling all this fizz. We're running all these commercials. But the reality is that no one in the States is paying attention, right? Because it's one Canadian NBA team versus 29 U.S. teams, and when it comes to the playoffs, they don't care, right? So, I mean, we, the North, has been unbelievable campaign, yeah. except it's not been effective in the playoffs, right? So the, the issue at the end of the day is that if you're – if I think – and I always said this, all right? Canadians being Canadians, there is no leverage when you go play a good NBA team. Because they've got a kid that he doesn't care. He's never been to Canada. He don't. He doesn't care who Demar Rosen is. He don't care what we the North is, you know. And I've, we've seen it with the Blue Jays last year. The Blue Jays start talking about we're Canada's team. They're playing Texas BP. The Texas players are wearing shorts with <laughs> U.S. flags on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, but so, did this happen back when you had Vince Carter too? Because Vince was a superstar in the states, also, wasn't he? Yeah, but it. But the issue was Vince could play off both sides of his body. So eventually, that that is a standalone skill that he can overcome the officials. He can overcome good players, right? And so, if 
you have it's like raising a kid. Do you raise a kid that he's dependent on you your whole life, or do you kick him out the door and say, "Get a job, learn how to pay your bills," you know? And if you stub your toe, I'll help you. Anyways, we're talking to Butch Carter. Uh, it's time for our break. Uh, we'll be back uh, with Butch uh, um, and talking some more Raptors and perhaps some other things. But right after the break, I just want to tell our listeners, we'll be talking to Tom McCarthy and the fascinating Tom McCarthy story. Tom McCarthy, of course, was a uh, brilliant hockey player in the Toronto area for the Oshawa Generals and uh, a high draft choice of the Minnesota North Stars. And had some uh, tribulations uh, post-career where he actually spent some time incarcerated in a federal penitentiary in Kansas and in Canada. And he turned his life around. And uh, we're, we're thrilled to talk to him and how, uh, how he's doing some huge contributions to teaching some young, uh, young people the right way in, uh, in coaching in northern Ontario. We'll be right back. And we're looking forward to talking to Tom McCarthy. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerotti with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings, I say for sure. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. That's nineteen ninety-nine. A deal, for real, a steal. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Yo, visit pizzaville.ca or pound 3636 from your cell phone, word. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. 
When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And we're pleased to welcome to the show Tom McCarthy. Uh, Tom McCarthy, of course, uh, if you're of our generation, we'll remember him as a tremendous hockey player in the Toronto area in the 1970s. A fabulous hockey player with the North York Rangers, the Oshawa Generals, and the minor hockey systems. A career with the Minnesota North Stars and, unfortunately, some uh, trials and tribulations after his career and some incarceration in a federal penitentiary in in Kansas. Tom, welcome. How are you this morning? Terrific. How are you today? I'm doing great, and thank you so much for joining us. I just wanted to... uh, explain to our listeners that we we did have a brief chat yesterday and uh, you had yeah. indicated uh, that uh, we could we could talk about anything and you're pleased to talk about it because you've got some life lessons that you are teaching to some young people today because you're coaching minor hockey up in the Espanola area and I know having talked to some parents who've had their kids on your team that you are loved my friend because of the work that you're doing with the uh, with the kids nowadays bring our listeners up to date uh with respect to Tom McCarthy and what, where you are and what you're doing these days? Well, uh, currently I'm uh, 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 one of the owners and um, coaches of a, a junior A, provincial junior A team up in Espanola. We're called the Espanola Express. Um, we're going into our second season. In the past um, maybe 10 years, 12 years, I have been um, uh, up in the north living in uh, the areas of uh, Muskoka, now I've just moved to the Espanola area, and um, I've been involved with uh, four different uh, junior A hockey teams up here, coaching and with ownership and without, and um, basically um, using hockey as a tool to teach life lessons is really what uh, what it really comes down to. I just have a passion for the game, but I think I have a, a larger passion for maybe you know the right direction while you're playing the game and. Uh, it's uh, it's just been uh, I guess you know when we we have a dream when we're kids and my dream obviously I was very fortunate in life to reach and um, I think it's time to uh, continue to have dreams and to help other people with their dreams and uh, maybe help them in direction because there isn't a thing in the world that's not obtainable and it's uh, it's a matter of uh, mental approach and I've just been I guess very fortunate to uh, fall into place to be able to pass on maybe what uh, life's lessons have uh, offered me. Tom, uh, we're, we're almost of the same vintage, so I certainly remember the tremendous... bottle we are, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, uh, Naz and I are both uh, North York boys that grew up, in the, grew up in the mid-1970s, and we certainly remember you as, uh, as a phenom, a phenom hockey player. You were incredibly talented, and... Uh, Although I had a debate with Naz uh, this morning, I thought I thought we had crossed paths on the ball hockey rinks in the in the in the late seventies, early eighties. But Naz doesn't seem to think so. But uh, you were a tremendous hockey player. You were so tremendous, in fact, that uh, in the OHL draft in nineteen seventy seven, you were the first overall first overall pick in that entire draft. You were considered the best 
uh, young hockey player in Ontario, and there's a very significant gentleman that was drafted two places after you. Of course, that was Wayne Gretzky. You were in the same OHL draft as Wayne Gretzky, and you got drafted two spots ahead of him. So you certainly were, and you did some phenomenal work in Oshawa, and some uh, you had some great seasons in Minnesota, but uh, things took a, took a turn for the worse for you at a certain point in your life. Uh, anything you'd like to care to share with our listeners in terms of uh, your experiences? Absolutely. Um, I think vers- uh, the versatility and the things that uh, one goes through in his life and uh, maybe all the um, the walls that you hit or the things that happen. It's how you handle them and how you... Uh, yeah, I guess a re- hockey is a reaction to an action and life is the same. And as we get dealt with things through life, we all deal with them in different ways. And I went through, uh, uh, you know, a decade of hockey with a lot of frustration. And when I say frustration, um, I was injured quite a bit. You know, I broke my back. I broke my sternum. I almost lost my left forearm. I had a compartment syndrome. They had to remove muscles out of my left forearm when I was 21. And uh, then the next year, starting the season, the same thing happened to my lower right leg in training camp, and I missed another half a season. And uh, I think the biggest thing I learned is that I lost my structure, and I lost my, um, uh, you know, your day-to-day reason to get up and go and do something. And with the... It's kind of ironic because just recently I've been requested to to uh, try to remember injuries in my career and stuff of that nature. And when I wrote them down, and on the third page when I was writing it <laughs> and putting the dates and the years, I look back and you reflect to see. But that's no excuse to where and what you do in life. It's not how you fall; it's how you get up. But I think the biggest thing that happened was my association and who I associated with. Um, it wasn't a point of having uh, alcohol or drug problem or um, a substance uh, abuse of uh, multitude or uh, chronically forever. It was nothing of that nature. It was the people that I surrounded myself with, the people where I felt I was untouchable. And even though I knew what they did, I didn't think it had any infliction on me. And I didn't think it reflected on me. And I um, maybe uh, not the feeling of untouchable, but the point of... Um, maybe a little ignorance, yes. Um, maybe uh, the point that I lost my structure of going to the rink every day because I'd miss half a season. Um, I'd uh, And then to start the next year, I'd be in training camp, I'd get hurt game two, and I'd miss half a season. And that feeling, and I know that as a coach of when you're injured, and this is what I try to express to the boys that play for me, is that I understand your feeling, but here's what you have to do so that you don't get in that rut, so you're not going to the pool hall, so that you're not going over here and doing that or sitting up and playing your Xbox all night. You have to continue structure. And I find that when I uh, see, because I speak to a lot of schools and kids and I go to places, and I'm very candid about this, but this is what I find is the biggest problem of today's youth is that the structure there isn't a reason to get up and go somewhere. And it doesn't have to be the greatest place. It has to be some place of interest and passion. And that's why I use hockey, because that's where my passion is, and that's where these young men come into my life, and that's their passion. So teaching life skills with a, a tool like hockey, which is fun, is just uh, one of the greatest things that's probably happened for me to express myself and to remind myself how important structure is. 
and have start to think about yourself and your day-to-day, and every once in a while, do some inventory on yourself and see how good your week was, see how good your month was, and see if you reached your projections. And I really believe the lack of structure, the continuous to be in and out of the lineup, the battle to come back all the time, allowed me to have all this time to hang with the wrong people in the wrong places to put myself associated with them. Tom, uh your your numbers speak highly of how good an offensive player you were, and I'm sure you were good defensively. But I remember you as an offensive player, right. and you'd be a five to six million dollar a year player right now. Yes. Um, where did it all go bad for you? When did that happen? I think it um, slowly happened. Like um, the people that uh, uh, that I got associated with, I knew for 14 years. If you understand, right? they yeah, were like. Yeah. Um, they were like they knew my parents. They were they. These people weren't um, uh, partiers and users and all these. These people. This is part of their business. This was and having knowledge of it, I knew it forever. I you know, and I never lied about it. I said, yeah, I knew that what they did, but it didn't affect me because I didn't get myself involved. I didn't put my money there. I wasn't you know um, reaping any benefits. That was their business, and I looked. I almost looked the other way from it, and thought, well, it won't affect me. And by golly, when they got in trouble, they sure brought me in to get in trouble. <laughs> and of course, and uh, it probably started, uh, you know, 1980 when I met these people. Uh, we're talking to Tom yeah. McCarthy. Tom, um, just so our listeners know, you uh, you got involved, unfortunately, in in some uh, things that I'm sure you regret. And you yeah. paid your time. You 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 did your debt to society. You spent. A significant amount of time in the mo- in one of the most notorious federal penit- federal uh, institutions in the states called Leavenworth in Kansas, yes. and then somebody incredibly important, in, if not the most important person in your life, um, took over and got you out of Leavenworth and got you transferred back to Canada. Yeah. And 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 I've seen a couple of uh, YouTube videos where you talk about your father. Yeah, uh, and you get quite emotional about it because uh, he uh, he literally saved your life, didn't he? Tell us a little bit yeah. about about your yeah. dad. It's, um, it'll never change when that when uh, sorry when that's, that's brought okay. up because um, he knew he still he still knows who I am. Sorry, who I am and what and what I have to offer, and um, you know. I, I don't know. Um, it, uh, and believe me, emotions are great. Don't feel like uh, I feel like I'm being in any position here. But yeah, he was uh, he was totally instrumental. Well, he's been instrumental in a lot of my direction, and, and I'm so fortunate to still have him alive and in my life. Tom and I, uh, talk to him every day. That's that's fine, sir. We have Butch Carter in studio, and I know Butch. Uh, uh, thinks this is a very important thing to talk about. He's got a question for you. Right on. Tom, talk to me what you're doing for those kids up there, how, how the team is structured, uh, how many coaches uh, are working together, and how, how you put that whole thing together. Because uh, it's extremely important for young kids to to have an experienced professional uh, on the ice with them, in the facility with them. Uh, and then walk me through how you're dealing with the parents. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that good? Well, the best part is, is that I sign the kids. I tell the parents right away the first. Listen, I'm signing your son. I didn't sign either of you. So if you have any questions, ask your son because he'll be dealing with his issues by himself. So we help him 
start speaking for himself and uh, being assertive and being a little more, um, I guess, spoken about what his beliefs are. Let him have his brain, you know. So if you have questions, ask him. So I didn't sign you guys. So, uh, you know, you can call me. We're allowed to have socials and stuff and coffee, but... Uh, I'm sure I won't be talking about those things. It's your son's responsibility. So that's first and foremost. It's um, it's very important to to let those young men know, young boys or young men, to know that they've got a voice and they've got to speak up for themselves for the rest of their lives. And uh, when everybody else isn't there, that's all you have left is yourself. So it's a little bit about getting a little self-esteem and uh, assertiveness for yourself. But our structure, uh, again, I use that word structure, and I don't believe that we have a program. We have a formula, and a formula is uh, deals with structure. And we are either in school at high school or we have a job and uh or we have both and we do correspondence college if you're uh not uh um if you've graduated from high school um if you're from the united states you have to have uh, some kind of um program going on in the computer that is regulated basically by me uh the high school is right beside our, our arena and what a facility we have it is beautiful have. i've been up there it's quite nice it's got everything I mean, it's yeah. a perfect facility for junior A hockey for young men to learn in a, in a community of about 6,000 people. Uh, we're close enough to Sudbury that if you need to go to the movies and these kind of things, they're available. But it's not. Uh, we get rewarded with things like that. We don't just expect that to happen. And uh, um, we're at the rink every day. We uh, do off-ice on Monday. We do... Uh, for those who can, that aren't in school, can skate Tuesday and Thursday mornings for an hour and a half. And then we skate every night, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for an hour and a half. And we're usually weekend warriors that play uh, at home on Fridays and, or Sunday afternoons and and do some traveling in the north here to compete for the, the championship to get in that Dudley Hewitt. We're, we're talking to Tom McCarthy. Uh, Tom, a fascinating story. And... Uh... We've got, uh, you know, honest with you, I followed your career when you we were younger, and uh, until very recently, I, I, I was completely oblivious to what had happened to you, and, and this story came to me uh, a little while ago, and it came to me from somebody that I know who said, you've got to talk to Tom McCarthy. He's a, fabulous, he's a fabulous man, and he's doing some great work, and he was my coach up in... Uh, uh, North in, Bay. In North Bay, and it's, it was a young man by the name of... Carmen Hofana, who's uh, and his and his parents, Lydia and Joe, who kept saying, "You've got to talk to Tom McCarthy. You've got to talk to Tom McCarthy," and I promised that I would. And yeah. uh, um, this young man is uh, kind enough to join us right now, and he wants to he wants to tell the world, he wants to tell you, and he wants to tell the world how important a man you are. Carmen Alfano, are you on the line? I'm here. This is uh, Hi, Carmen. Carmen. Uh, I, first of all, Carmen, I want to thank you so much for bringing the Tom McCarthy yeah. story uh, to us, and I know. That you you uh, you and some other uh, young men have been influenced by the work that Tom McCarthy uh, has been doing uh, among some young hockey players. Carmen, very very uh, quickly tell us uh, tell us your thoughts of Tom McCarthy and why Tom is such a such a good man. Yeah, to um, to put it simply, I think uh, to say that I've been influenced would be uh, an understatement. Uh, I think it was about four years ago now that I was up there in North Bay playing, and uh, I don't think there's a day go- that goes by that I don't really think about uh, how great of a family Tommy created for us. And I got traded in. Uh, I got, got sent up there before uh, before the trade deadline, before the, the uh, rosters were locked up. 
like in half a season, I, I couldn't believe the family that Tommy created there and, and the quality of the guys in the room. And they weren't necessarily the, the best or the most skilled hockey players, um, but everybody was coordinated on and off the ice, and uh, everybody was together every single day of the week. Uh, Carmen, listen, thanks so much uh, for sharing those thoughts with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Tom, uh, unfortunately, uh, our, uh, our our time is running short on this, and we'd certainly love to chat with you a little bit longer, and we certainly, at some point, will take the opportunity of doing so. So I'd we'd love cer- that. We'd certainly love to, and perhaps we can get you in studio. We'll get you down, down here, and we'll talk to you in studio. Really, really quickly, Tom, we've got to go. If you had a really, really quick message, if you were able to, to talk to yourself now, and you were a 16-year-old, in, uh, in 20 words or less, what would you tell a 16-year-old Tom McCarthy? Well, that's a great question, you know. That is a really great question because uh, so many things go through my thoughts. But I think the biggest thing would is uh, to, have, to keep your dream and stay focused with your dream and fight through all the adversities that are going to come with your dream in mind, and don't put your dream behind you. Tom, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it off at that. Uh, I can't tell you how important it is uh, for us to listen to your story, and you have a standing invitation to come down and join us, and uh, um, certainly um, you're doing some fantastic work, and we applaud you. Thanks so much for joining us, and Carmen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day, both of you. Butch, thank, you, uh, thank you for the honor. Oh, th- it's our pleasure. Thanks, Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, Tom. We really appreciate it. Uh, Butch, you do some work with uh, with young uh, young athletes, and certainly, it's uh, <laughs> you understand. I'm sure that uh, the responsibility you have. It's really it's really important. Uh, driving over, I got an email from uh, a group I worked with, uh, a U12 team in Mississauga. They're playing for the OBA Championship in London today. And the coach sent me a thank you for the time that I had taken to come out and uh, help the coaching staff understand how to run practice. And he gave me, uh, uh, he said they're so much better defensively because of a rule I gave them, um, your man, your foul. And um, it's... The Raptors haven't done that. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's, it's something that I learned. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a mental click that, you know, no, you don't let your guy go by you. He's your man. If he goes by you, it's your foul. It's not your teammate's foul. And so it forces more responsibility into the individual defensive player. But he sent me that little quote this morning and and um, how far they've come from where they couldn't beat anyone that they're actually playing for the U-12 OBA championship oh, that's a great in London uh, this afternoon. Anyways, we've got five minutes left on the show, Butch, and there's two – Two topics we uh, we want to see if we can scratch that we've talked about it before and uh, it will become more and more. Are we bringing up Kadri again? <laughs> no, we're not bringing up Kadri again. We're bringing up the Rosen, and uh, notwithstanding whatever happens in this playoff series or in the next playoff series or in the one after that, uh, the the, the uh, Raptors have a serious decision to make with respect to Demar, and it's it's a twenty five million dollar decision and it's max money, and. Um, should the, should the Raptors sign DeMar DeRozan for that kind of dough? If I could sign another good player, I would. Because, again, I mean, let's go to what they have done. The numbers say they've won more games than any other team in franchise history. If I could add another all-star piece and ask DeMar, would you take a hometown discount so we can add another all-star 
to why, why would he take a hometown discount, Butch? He, lo- he, he likes it. Ta- like we're, if we're talking a hometown discount here, we're talking about going from and it's twenty five million dollars. The right twenty five million. Is it twenty five? Is that about max? Seventeen. Is, right? is, is that is that the right number, Butch? Is that max twenty five million? Twenty five million is the right number. It's the right number. Okay. Right number. So <laughs> if he's going to take a hometown discount, you're looking at let's say twenty to twenty two million. Yeah. Over how many years? Uh, is it seven or eight years? Six years, I believe. Is it six? I think I believe okay. it's six. So you're talking, you're talking probably leaving between let's say twenty five and forty million dollars on the table. Not if well, he has, not if he has an out. If he takes an out, if he has the ability, he has an, he has an if option. He, if he yeah. can opt out, if he can opt out, yeah, yeah. LeBron James he does that every year. Opts out, gets the max amount of money. Right. right. So, so the Jays sign him. Uh, sorry, the Jays, the Raptors sign him. If he agrees to a hometown discount, and if, if he doesn't, go see what else is on the market. Well, I mean, the issue is, you know, they are what they are. They are they've, they've got the franchise at 56 wins. They've got Drake. They've got We the North. Every player knows that young Raptor fans love the team. They even travel with the team like a college team. So the challenge, I believe, is let's see if we can keep the core group together and add another piece and ask DeMar if, for this piece, would you, you know, help the team become better and more consistent? And he was drafted by this team. He has grown with this team. And, you know, the issue's never the player. The issue's all the other support people. You know, where's he at? DeMar has a situation where his mom is confined to a wheelchair. So, you know, does he want to be closer to home for, to help mom and dad out, right? He's from California. You know, but is it the best thing to go play in California? So I, I think that, you know, what they, if you take the the good of what they've done, and the only thing they haven't done is consistently win playoff because the window is still open in the East. I think that you'll see Durant come East. I don't think the Washington, but I think he'll come East uh, because it's easier to get into the finals from the East than the West right now. So, Butch, we're 2 2. Yeah. Three games, two, three games left in this series. Great. Uh, what are we going to see in the next two, three games? Indiana will give them their best shot because Indiana will want to – because Larry Bird will be telling them, let's get this game and come home and close them out. All right? So the the problem for the Raps is they've never closed anyone out. All right? You know, they've been to three games and then, you know, didn't close You Brooklyn. know, I, I always see here that sports cliche. And, you know, I've got to take advantage of the fact that, you know, you've been there. Uh, you hear this cliche all the time. And and you know you look at the Chicago Blackhawks last night. Right. St. Louis can't. You got to stick. You got to stick. I a, stopped they're watching. Like, they're I like stopped they're like they're like a vampire. You got to stick a knife in their I heart. I stopped watching you can't that put game. Them out. I seen the score was three to one. But S- said it's over. Turn wasn't over. Right. Chicago is never over. Turn, but, turn CP twenty four yeah. on and said yeah. what? what There's happened? a classic team that just fights to the bitter end. But going back to my point. And, you know, you tell me from a perspective of a coach, uh, a team needs to learn to close another team out. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that the human nature of your opponent is at its highest level because it is the cornered rat. And the rat knows that it has no place to run. It has to scratch, bite, and fight to death. And and, that, and and the Raptors haven't learned how to scratch, bite, and fight to the but death. But while you know who's a perfect example of it is the San Jose Sharks. They beat That's the right. Kings finally. Right. They right. beat them. They got over the right. hump. They got over, over the, the hump. hump. They did. So what does it take to get a team? Is it is it attitude? Is it a new coach? 
Is it new players? How, how do you move from a, being a consistent doormat to learning how to close out other teams? I think you have to be lucky to have a player that his personality and talent are so strong that he carries you over mountains that you could not climb individually by yourself. And the Raptors don't have that player. They have a chance to do it. They still have a chance to do it. I mean, well, it's it's step up time. Yeah, it really, it is now. You know, it's time. Now, right. Either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it's, it. It's a three game series, right? So, you know, we know Tuesday night, you know, Jurassic Park will be full, and uh, those kids will be out there yelling, and everyone who has a a, a platinum seat, you know, please get listen. Get in your seats. Get in your seat and help the team. And help the team. Anyways, we've been talking to Butch Carter. Um, uh, some fast, fascinating uh, remarks on the Raptors, and uh, we want to thank Tom McCarthy and and, uh, and Carmen Alfano for sharing their stories with us. Certainly, uh, certainly emotional and heartfelt from Tom McCarthy. We wish him all the best. And Butch, uh, have a fantastic week. Hopefully, it'll be a great week for the Raptors and, and Naz. The same, and to all our listeners. And next Saturday night is the lottery for the first pick in the draft. Well, next no. Saturday night. No. So hopefully the Leafs are lucky next Saturday. Anyways, to all, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.